to Candidly 30. No, we're not 30, but we're in our 30s, working through life. Every week, we're going to go over our favorites, our gratitudes, our grievances, and all the crazy in between. Grab your favorite drink, get comfortable, because we're getting candid. Welcome! Welcome. Oh my gosh! To Candidly 30. Love it. (laughs) Hey, I'm Kelly. I'm Kay Fleur. And we're back with another episode. Back to being candid. Oh my gosh. Jumping into it. What's going on? How are you? Are you drinking something? Actually, um, you know me just on my liquid IV game. Uh, Like I talked about in the last episode, I um, got like a new liquid IV flavor. So it's been on the docket pretty much every day. Also, it's like decently warm and I've been doing a lot of outside stuff so it's just been really helpful lately what are you drinking just I put lemon in water like I'm a detox lady apparently um no that's awesome I just had like an old lemon that I was cleaning my sink with and so I was like oh screw it I'll just put some lemon in my water and start to hydrate um yeah nice are you still how are you doing on the whole 30 game oh my god terrible I I have to start over again. Like I've, I don't know. I feel like I'm usually pretty good at doing a whole 30. This has got to be like my eighth or ninth time doing it, but this timing of my life just got a little hectic. So, um, I have to start over again, which is not a good feeling, Mm. but, uh, today I made my zucchini and pesto noodles and it's the best chef's kiss. So I will probably be doing a lot more of that as I, as I get into like the whole 30, but I know I'm terrible at it. It's such a bummer. No, I feel bad because I was supposed to be your accountability partner. And like I have been just upping my veggie intake a lot. I haven't really cut out. I mean, I definitely cut out sugar, but that's just like kind of what I like to do in general because it doesn't make me feel very good. But um, yeah, other than that, I haven't really been cutting things out. So, you know, I apologize. You're fine. Not being a good partner. (laughs) Don't have to apologize. You know, like I'm going to get pretty candid really quickly here in the episode. Like I just need sugar and candy and hot Cheetos and like Chinese food and pizza and all of the things in my mouth. So um, like I said, the timing has just been a little weird over the last two weeks, but uh, I had a friend of mine come in and it was like Trader Joe's run. We're going to get all the crazy snacks and then sit on the couch until three o'clock in the morning talking and catching up and drinking wine. And I haven't seen her in such a long time. Like it was a really good moment, but it definitely was not a whole 30 approved situation. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. I mean, at least were you drinking white wine? So you didn't get all the like, no, it was red, red and wine. it was delicious. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> it was like a, like a deep Napa Zin. It was Love on, that yeah, for you, talk about it, but it was delicious. How's your weekend or your, your last week been? Good. Yeah, just um, not too much to update on. Actually, it's been really chill, which has been lovely. Um, I'm in about to – I'm, like, going to get into the motions and be really busy for the next, like, two weeks. So I'm kind of just enjoying it while I can, um, just, like, being at home with Moo Man and – a.k.a. my dog mm-hmm. – um, who is just staring at me and pacing right now. So that's awesome. Um, he's such a weirdo. Whenever we record, I feel like I have to talk about him every episode because I don't know what it is. I think he like gets FOMO or something when I'm – it's even when I'm working and I'm like on a work call or something, he like starts pacing around like he wants to see the other person that I'm talking to, you know, and I'm like, dude, you can't – you can't see him. But 
Anyways, Aww. no, it's good. Uh, busy life, summer life is my favorite life. Um, it still hasn't gotten that warm here yet, though. I mean, it's warm. It's like in the 80s, on and off 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, which is wonderful. But um, yeah, I'm still waiting for that like 100 degree weather that everyone says that Bend actually gets because I still do not believe them. No one has proved me wrong yet that Bend is still freezing ass even <laughs> in the summer. So it is oh, what it man. is. Yeah, but- <laughs> What about Bellevue? Is it warm there? How is it warmer in Bellevue than it is in Bend? That's confusing. The, in the last couple of days, it's just been really gray and overcasty, so nothing too exciting to, to write home about. I did mm. find a new hike, though, that I want to take you on when you come up here next. Um, it's like, I don't know, Rattlesnake Lead, whatever ledge or lodge or whatever. You start out by the lake at the very bottom, and then you hike all the way up. It's not that big of a deal. It's like cool. maybe less than 2,000, you know elevation uh, but you get to the top and then you get like this 360 view of um like mountains and peaks like not very tall you know um anyway it, oh, yeah pretty. it was really cool like the cascade uh, range so take you next time you're here cool and it was like maybe a three hour up and down hike like it was Absolutely. not a crazy long one yeah definitely so, yeah. yeah I mean it's really cool that you're exploring I'm proud of you Thank you. I'm really, sometimes I get really nervous about being by myself on a trail, but Mm. um, I'm picking trails that are like pretty popular. So there's never been a moment where I'm like not seeing somebody for 500 feet. That's not my favorite. Like ideally I want to get to a point where I do a longer trek by myself, but as I start, I don't want to be so remote you know, that wow, really what an incredible me. segue into our true crime <laughs> podcast episode. I'm so impressed by you. You did that on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> right. I, I aim to please. Absolutely. <laughs> that was definitely scripted. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah, oh speaking, speaking of, I guess, if you're okay with it, we should just jump right in. We are going to talk about some of our favorite Absolutely. true crime. Um, it's kind of like all across the spectrum, but we have podcasts, we have docuseries, we have books. I believe Kepler has a few books. I don't read nonfiction, so don't ask me for any recs on that, but um, do you want to just go back and forth or do you want to do both of our lists and then compare? We're probably going to do like maybe 10, 12, I don't know. And definitely like an honorable mentions category. So you kick it off and then we'll jump back and forth and ping pong it. Awesome. Okay. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. You guys know that I feel like I mentioned a new podcast on like every <laughs> single faves episode. What? Yeah. No, not Kelly ever. <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> So my first one is going to be Buried Bones. It is um, it is a true crime podcast. It's about really old cold cases, though. Like, some of them go back to, like, the 1700s and things. Um, but it is an old, uh, like, a investigative reporter and an old, um, I believe he was just, like, a police investigator, um, true crime investigator, I guess, in the field. And now he just does, like, research and things like that. Um, it's Paul Holes and Kate Winkler Dawson, and it is on the Exactly Right podcast network, which is um, owned and created by uh, Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff, who are one of the, sorry to jump in so fast, but one of our honorable mentions, because <laughs> everyone knows my favorite murder of the podcast. It's so good mm-hmm. and witty, and they're hilarious, and they're just like, so it works so well together. But anyway, back to Buried Bones. Um, 
they also work really well together. So Kate like presents a case to Paul and she, and she like explains like what everything was going on. And so he kind of explains who he thinks the suspect would be and like why they did what they did because he's like just investigating and kind of like going through the case as if he were still like on the case, you know? So it's kind of interesting. I think it's a really like different perspective and, I just think they work really well together. So Buried Bones is my first podcast. Nice. Um, I'm going to start with books because you kind of told everybody that I I read books. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm going to start with books. So one of the best, I don't know, the very first book that I think I read forever ago that like really kicked it off true crime wise for me was In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. I had to do a big expose on it in college Uh, I'm an English degree. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, I just, I think I fell in love with like the dark noir aspect of it and the interviews with the actual uh, murderers as they were in serving time, I think in Kansas or something like that. But um, it's like a classic, right? It's definitely going to be on like the list of best true crime books ever written by blah, blah, blah. Like it's just up there. Um, So if you haven't read it yet, it's one of the classics. Go and read it. It's amazing. And Truman Capote is like one of my favorite authors. So in cold blood. Mm, Interesting. Wait, what is it about? So um, I'm pretty sure it's in Kansas, but it's in one of those states where a family was murdered in their home um, by two like traveling individuals. But the way the book is written, wow, I haven't read in a long time. Um, The way the book is written is from a first person perspective. So they go through the actual scenario, they go through the trial, they go through post conviction um, and like the whole psychology of a person and like what drives them to do that um yeah it's it's interesting it's definitely uh it was like a it was done in like the six, 1959 mm. four members of the clutter family who owned a farm in kansas were shot to death in their home in cold blood weaves the stories of the murderers and investigators hunting them with the interviews with those who knew the victims and the killers the novel is a true crime classic it was researched by Truman Capote and Harper Lee so of the How to Kill a Mockingbird this is from the times.com by the way Um, and its ability to bring every detail of the crime to life revolutionized true crime novel genre when Mm. it was released so like I said it was one of those books that really kicked off the true crime phenomena as I think we think about it now um, and it's just a classic. So I'm surprised you haven't read it though. You ever read it? Um, I feel like now that you explained what it is, I definitely think I have read it like a long time ago, probably in college or something. Um, yeah, because I definitely butchered that description. Sorry. Or maybe, you know, it's probably more likely is that I listened to a podcast on it. No fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, very cool. Okay, um, my, my next one is going to be another podcast. Um, it is called The Vanished, and it has, like, a host, but, I mean, um, she's not really – she's just telling the story, and she's the one who's, like – she's not actually interviewing um, the families or anything like that, so she's not really, like, related. But anyway, um, The Vanished is about stories about people's family members who mysteriously have gone missing um, or they – yeah, I guess just disappeared. It could be a bunch of different things. 90% of the time they're like murdered by someone. Um, and like they're, it's kind of cool because most of them are obviously open still because 
they're trying to like get the word out with the podcast to like for people to call in with leads and tips and things like that. Um, but some of them, they end up doing like recaps, like if the body was found or if the person was found, like there was one just recently where, um, the person like mysteriously vanished and then they found them. They were just like in hiding and they changed their name and everything. So anyway, um, yeah, like I said, 90% of the time they were like murdered by someone or something like that, but they're in their like bones are found in DNA or not DNA, I guess. Just like, why do I pretend like I know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> they additional evidence. they just figure out how it is, yeah, or who it is with that information. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. I just think um, like missing people a lot of the time when they're like BIPOC don't really get the recognition that they need, um, and so I think it's interesting just to like give missing people a little spotlight and help the families because it's really interesting. I'll talk about this later on with um, one of the docuseries that I'm going to mention, but it's so interesting um, just how like different races get different, um, not advertising, like coverage, what do you call it? Um, Yeah. Coverage and just more information is put out into the world to find them and things like that. So anyway, it's a cool, it's a good podcast. Um, If you don't like, Un, like things not coming to a resolution you probably won't like this podcast because a lot of them aren't solved but yeah that's kind of me but what was the late say it one more time it's called the vanished the vanished okay I'll look into that um yeah that's my problem with a lot of these true crime stories is like the the never like it, it being unresolved is a level of anxiety that I just don't need in my life but also it's really fascinating mm-hmm. to learn about some of these open cases and um, you know what's a bummer though is that a lot of the time it's just that the like the either the evidence was tampered with or the um, mm-hmm. people who are supposed to be taking care of the case if it's local um, police or if it's whatever they like didn't do things quickly enough or they didn't do, do things thoroughly enough or whatever and so it's just super frustrating where a lot of these things could have been solved if I don't know maybe yeah. if they just don't have the proper training or whatever the case may be but yeah, I think that, I think there's also a case to be said that like they're you know there's just so much on their plate. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. It's so individual, right? Case by case, and yeah, that's t- that's a tough call. Okay, my next one's another book, um, and it's also I'm pretty sure on Max slash HBO. Mm. I don't know how people feel about HBO slash Max or whatever. It's gonna go by Max. Mm-hmm. So Max. Um, but I read the book first, uh, I'll be gone in the dark by Michelle McNamara. And I'm sure that this is like one of the better, more popular ones that we've seen. Um, Mm -hmm. at least one of those that's just been covered a lot. Um, yeah, I think the book was amazing. I think the series was great. Um, I think it's just a true testament to her reporting ability as well as, you know, a very famous case in California where we're both from. And he like, he lived in Visalia, like two blocks away from my grandmother. So I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. He lived very close to some family members who are still in that house. So like, I don't know. It just felt very, um, too close to home. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) Literally. The story is great. Go read it. The whole history of the golden state killer is just kind of insane. Um, yeah, that one was a really good one. I'll be gone in the dark by Michelle McNamara. I suggest reading the book first. And then watching the series, but uh, it's really sad though. So she yeah. ends up dying before her book is finished, and so her husband actually finishes the book. And um, 
yeah, it's just such a bummer. She did so much work and she got so far and she was like really in with helping get the Golden State Killer. And then he did end up being caught and but she wasn't around to see it. So it's kind of sad. It is a bummer. But justice for all those people who were killed. So, yeah, it's a good story, too, because like when her tragedy happened, like her husband spent the time to do it right and get it published see the series through and like really honor her memory in that way so it's it's a it's a heartwarming story from that perspective even though it's related to like true crime and some tragedy Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely anyway okay my next one is going to be a show um I don't necessarily know if this is true crime but I feel like it's just wild and it's a really crazy story it came out a few years ago it's called wild wild country and it's it's about a cult, basically. So I feel like it's kind of true crimey because they did, a lot of people did end up dying. So it's interesting to me because it was a part of Oregon, like Eastern Oregon, where this group, like religious group got together and they just took over this big land in Oregon and like they had a whole functioning society there. It was like pretty wild. Um, and just their ways were really interesting. And obviously the community it's a very small community out there, but the community was just so confused by the whole thing. Um, it's a really interesting perspective. And then just, um, I think it was in the seventies. They basically just, it's just the story of like what the, the beginning of their whole cult and then the like downfall of their cult essentially. So, um, I definitely would file it in the true crime, but it's not like the typical true crime you would like think of, but it's a very interesting story. If you haven't watched it, Kay, you definitely should watch it. It's on Netflix. Wild, wild country. Um, man, now that we're like going through all these examples and I have like now 30 of them on my page, there's, I still like keep thinking of other like, Oh really? Such a rich topic. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe we'll do another like part two episode or something. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could go on forever. Maybe we should take some of them out. (laughs) Okay. The next one that I'm gonna pick... I'm going to do a cult one too, because I really like this. It's called The Vow on HBO, and it's about the Nixon cult, Nixium, whatever it's called. Mm, Nixium, yeah. Nixium, yeah. And like, I don't think there was murder happening, but there was definitely some like illegal bullshit going on. I, so you, did you watch it or are you just familiar with the story? Yeah, I didn't watch it. No, but I've, yeah, I've known a lot about it just from listening to podcasts. Yeah, that's kind of, it's wild. I think this like, um, to give the listeners some insight, it's about a cult that started as like a, um, self-help, uh, therapy. Like you go in and you have conversations about how to be a better person, your anxiety, or like just being a little bit vulnerable. And then once this cult quote unquote organization got to a certain point, they uncovered like a separate plot or like a separate group of individuals who were doing sexual favors. They were doing um, mass manipulation and it's just got really, really bad. And I forgot the guy's name who was, I believe still in prison. Um, But he was just very, bad for a lot of people and a lot of young females who really entrusted that he was going to be somebody to look up to like a hero somebody who was going to set the stage for what it means to be someone you can count on or look like a prophet almost to some degree um and he just like and he branded all of the members 
or maybe it was just the women. I can't remember which, but there's like, it wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. which is also wild that people are still joining cults, which is crazy. Yeah. But they, there are like survivors and they do speak out on it and stuff. Um, survivors, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people who are outside of it now uh, and can talk about their experience. And it's really interesting. Yeah. I think that was like the best part about this particular series was hearing the, um, people outside who had like been a part of the organization for 15 or whatever, 10 years had left and then were helping to bring it down. Right. Like they were very active in legal, uh, proceedings, like providing evidence, trying to push forward for justice. And I think it ultimately worked. Like, obviously the guy's going to be in prison for a really long time, but, um, that to me was like the human aspect that was a little bit Mm -hmm. more true crime than, um, the rest of it. So, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. I definitely suggest or recommend it. The Vow. Cool. On Max. Okay. Yeah. I actually haven't ever watched it. Um, okay. My next one is also going to be a show on Netflix. Um, it's called The Dear Disappearance of Madeline McCain. <gasps> I had this on my and, list too. So good. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. It's so interesting. Honestly, this one shook me that there was no resolve to it at the end totally um, it's really upsetting it's about this young girl I believe she was three at the time her family went on vacation um and she was stolen out of the hotel room and it sounds kind of silly like why would the parents leave her alone in the hotel I guess they all they're all like very close by they're all out having dinner with all their friends it was like a bunch of friends together and all their kids were sleeping in the rooms and someone would go check on them supposedly this is what they say someone would go check on them like every 30 minutes or something like that um, just to make sure that they were okay. Um, but so she was just stolen straight out of her room and it still hasn't been resolved. And this was like maybe 20 years ago now mm-hmm. at this point, um, somewhere around there. And the parents are still desperately trying to find her. And there's just a lot of like conspiracy theories around it. Like they, a lot of people say like the parents did it and, or she, there was an accident or something like that. And they just covered, were able to cover it up because they did, they were kind of wealthy. Um, but they also just got so much coverage because they were wealthy and they paid so much money to do so much coverage. And so it's just like really interesting on how, um, yeah, just, this is where I was talking about just like the privilege kind of thing on like getting the word out. I mean, just the fact that there's a documentary about her is super interesting because I mean, not saying that children go missing a lot but it definitely happens and so just the fact that her case um is highlighted is really interesting to me as well but I still like even just maybe a month ago I don't know if you saw this case but someone came out and said they were Madeline I did see that yeah 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 and then they like did DNA testing and apparently it wasn't her but she was like brainwashed and like was in foster care and like all these things so she like didn't really know who she was so Anyway, um, really interesting, but yeah, still unsolved. So I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I like really don't think the parents did it just with the extent of the publicity. Like you, they made a, if they actually did it, they could have done it for like publicity for like a year and then given up, but they are still doing it like to this day. And like what's other, the other crazy thing is like she, the little girl had twin younger brothers and they weren't stolen. It was only her. So that what what's makes it a little bit weird too. And like the twins are still alive um, and just live this life, like thinking their sister's out there somewhere. I don't know. It's super bizarre. But yeah, when you were talking earlier about like getting publicity with different races, like that case is the one that immediately stuck to me. Um, 
I think more importantly, the like Gabby Petito case. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, there was so much coverage and like, obviously we all knew it was super fishy, but like I was deep in that on mm-hmm. TikTok. Like I would watch hours and hours and hours of people analyzing the information and watching the videos of her and her boyfriend at the time, like getting in that fight and all the police coverage and everything. Like I was deep in it. And then of course we all knew he killed her, but right. the actually seeing it like live, like day to day, like watching the search go out. And then anyway, there was so much coverage for her. And I do think it's really interesting. Um, My favorite murder actually talked about this, the fact that they weren't going to cover her case on the show because she already got enough coverage. um, And they just believe that people who don't have a voice should also get coverage. And so I just think that's a really interesting perspective um, in that they, they try to take, but yeah, that's a wild case too. Honorable mention the Gabby Petito case. (laughs) Um, okay. So my next one, it's going to be a podcast. It's just one episode that I listened to three years ago, um, about Brianna Taylor. Um, and this is like, Mm. it's true crime because it's horrific tragedy that happened for no Mm -hmm. reason, good reason. But, um, I think this particular podcast, it's on the daily, which comes out from the New York times. Um, I remember very vividly that they had somebody come in and like break down exactly what happened leading up to police showing up at her door and then the fallout, like, you know, really even going as detailed as there were X amount of bullets in her living room. And even you can tell that the trajectory bullets, they were being shot outside into her bedroom or living room. And then so like, the most insane scenario that you could think of happened and tragedy befell. And like, I think we're still kind of figuring out the accountability. People have been fired. People have been let go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just the fact that that podcast itself really like broke it down for me. I, I listened to it at least once or twice, you know, every six months or something. Cause it's just such a, um, a good piece of journalism and reporting like real time reporting and, there was like a lot of emotion. There was a lot of emotion that was happening around that time because COVID was going on. They had a whole Black Lives Matters movement. And then she became like, I hate to say it, but like this story is not the first story that has happened. But like, at least if we can continue to talk about Breonna Taylor and like what went down, it's part of the conversation. We can give her coverage. We can get her justice, her and her family. Um, And it's just the same thing, you know, like, I think it's important to listen to. And it's a more recent story. I think the the way the podcast really listed it out in that one particular episode was uh, something that stuck with me. So I just wanted to mention it here. Yeah, interesting. Huh, I've never listened to it. We'll have to um, but like you said, yeah, it's not it's not a like only case or a one-time occurrence, I guess. So it's, yeah, anyway. Um, okay. I'm going to go back to a podcast and I guess this one could kind of be an honorable mention too, because most people have listened to at least the first season. It's called Dr. Death. Um, it, they are just coming out now with a series on Peacock about it, actually the first, the first season. Um, so it's about, um, well, each season is about a different doctor and it's basically just how they're like performing malpractice. Um, they either like don't have the training that they need or actually I don't know like sometimes you wonder like why are they doing the things that they're doing you don't know if they have some sort of like mental condition or like the first season um the man is like 
working on hearts and he's just like killing people left and right. Um, and have you ever listened to it? No. Oh, one. Wait, now I feel like I'm and I'm like getting all the seasons mixed up. But one season about is about someone who like claims that they're like a cancer, a cancer doctor. Um, and he's just like shooting them full of medication. and They don't ever get better. Mm. Um, like I said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, the first season, he's not a heart doctor. He um, is like a brain, spinal, like neuro – what do you call that? Yeah, neurological uh, like surgeon. And so they're just like – yeah, so he um, just basically like paralyzes folks and – or kills them. And he just like has no remorse. And it's so interesting. Like why, 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 why? And like the thing that's really interesting that – about it is like um at a lot of the hospitals that he worked at like whenever something bad would happen if anyone said anything they would just like move him to a different hospital like it, he wouldn't like lose his license or anything and I think that was like the most alarming thing was that he just kept practicing and like people kept letting him do this to people it's so crazy but there's a few different seasons of it I think the first season is the best but the cancer one is really good too I think that's season. But yeah, you should definitely – I definitely want to watch the TV show that's coming out on Peacock. Um, it will be very interesting. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> do you watch Pe- – do you have Peacock? I just like – yeah, we love it. We watch it every day because uh, we fall asleep to like The Office and stuff like that or like Parks and Rec, which we are doing again. Uh, just cut for TV. Mm. But like The Cock is great. Also, I love how people just call it The Cock because it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, I haven't heard that yet. Oh, you haven't? Um, speaking of true crime, also, a new show that just came out on Peacock is called A True Crime Story, and it has Kaylee Cuoco in it, and I forget the guy. It's like Chris something. It's, and Yeah, I love him, but I'm excited. Go ahead. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, I just watched the first episode of Did it. Did you like it? And it's actually really cute. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, So basically... Kaylee Cuoco is like a true crime junkie and she listens to a ton of podcasts and um, her husband like ends up losing his job. And so they decide to like start a true crime podcast about someone that they think is a serial killer in their neighborhood. (laughs) And that's as far as I got. So that's like the basis of the, of the storyline. So um, anyway, shout out to, and Jason Bateman is the director. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. I heard, cause I was listening to another one of his podcasts or his smart mm-hmm. list or whatever. She was just on it. Yeah. She yeah. was just on it. And, uh, Chris Messina, I love him. He was, uh, the main dude in Mindy Kaling's Mindy project, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Project. Uh, love that. That mm-hmm. was such a good show too. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I was going to put that on my like watch list. So I'm glad that you like it. Cause I'm obsessed with Kaylee Cuoco. She's so cute. Um, so yeah. you just talked about a doctor one. I kind of want to like align mine with theme mine with hers. Um, our father on Netflix, if you haven't seen that one, it was like a doctor. He was a fertility specialist in Indiana who is using his own. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I listened to a podcast on this too. It's so interesting. Oh my God. I know. I did not hear about this story until I watched the Netflix series. And now I feel like I need to go back and like learn a little bit more. But for the listener, it's called Our Father on Netflix. And there it's basically a fertility specialist, old gross man who used his own specimen to impregnate his his patients. And then he ended up fathering like 94 children which is so gross. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the whole story about on Netflix follows this one individual who logged into her ancestry.com or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And she kept popping up to like, um, being related to people like as siblings. And so now there's like this whole group of people, like, I don't know, 45 or 50 people that are all related to them, like brothers and sisters. And it's just like a really Mm -hmm. gross story about, you know, not respecting boundaries or I don't know that I think the, the part about this, you could get into a lot of deep stuff of it. Yeah. It's like, does he think that he's like God or is he trying to like change fate or I don't know. It's really interesting yeah. why he thinks not for like a spoiler alert, but like that. later in the episodes, they uncover his involvement with a eugenics club where he basically thought that he's a white male. And so he should be procreating more than anybody else. So I just, ugh, it was gross. It was just a gross story. Ugh, it kind of gave me the creeps, but it was really fascinating. And like the way that the docuseries goes through the point of view of the victims, I think I, I appreciate that more. So, and it was, you know, an investigation. They had to like talk to people and figure out whose mom was a patient to him. And then they started backtracking that and figuring that, that all these poor women who just wanted to be parents and moms going to a doctor that they would assume and could trust. Ugh, it's just a gross ass story. So yeah, and it was really good though. <laughs> I mean the worst. Yeah. The worst part is it's like not the only case that's come yeah. out. There's also been one in like Europe and he saying he has like a hundred and something children or whatever that he, yeah. And I mean, it's just interesting coming from the women's perspective. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving right along. Um, Okay. I think, do you mind if we just do, Let's do one more each and then we'll do our gratitudes and grievances. Okay. The last one that I'm going to talk about is a show on Netflix as well. And it's called The American – no, not. It's called American Murder, The Family Next Door. And it is about a husband who, like, calls the police because his wife and his children are missing. Um, And the reason why the documentary is, like, super interesting, our docuseries, is because – his house has tons of like video surveillance and um and so you can watch basically like the whole thing like him talking to the police you see his interactions he like goes over to his neighbor's house his neighbors have cameras like you can see the whole thing like play out and it wasn't very long before they like found the bodies um and so he killed them all um and sorry spoiler but at least you get an ending. That's like that's why I was like ending on this one because you at least know who did it. Um, but yeah, it's so like I don't really know his motive or anything. I don't I don't remember if they actually even said anything. But it's just so interesting to be able to watch all of the footage. Like you're you're in it, you're deep in it, and you like are seeing what the police are seeing and everything. So, anyways, it's really wild. It's um, just like pretty twisted because he seems so normal and he is the one who killed them and he's the one who called the cops, you know, and all that stuff and reported them missing. So it's just like, oh, what is going on in your brain? I don't understand. But did you like it? I did. I do remember watching this. I do remember like, um, I wasn't like, it didn't stay with me. Right. But it was a good, it was good. It was like entertaining, I guess I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, my last one that I'm going to pick is actually on the cock. Look out, Peacock, coming in hot. Oh, sure. Who Killed Robert Wan? Did you see that? I haven't, no. It's good. Um, It's not one that has a very satisfying ending, spoiler alert, 
but uh, it's really cool the way the docu series itself, or like it's on the it's on the Peacock. So um, the way that they structure it is like one level of physical evidence, one level of like they break down and build a model of the townhouse where the guy was murdered. Um, and then like there's a weird threesome between the people who live in the house and the guy, Robert Wan, who was staying with them was the one that was murdered. Um, and a lot of the evidence hmm. with the individual's body was really confusing because he was mm-hmm. like um, injected or like he had needle marks on him, but everything else was fine. And anyway, it's just a really perplexing and um, hmm. rather complex case if you take into consideration all of the characters in play. Um, it's a really good series to like sit and binge or if you want to like take it one episode at a time and really digest it um so yeah i think that one was really good let's switch to honorable mentions though see how i did that i had to like practice honorable mentions I say honorable 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 mention <laughs> honorable mentions podcast it is called in the dark it is um, created by the New York, New York Times. There's two different seasons, um, completely different stories. Really done, really like well done, um, different narrators and everything. So don't get like um, turned off or something if you don't like the first season. The second season's also good. Um, but I just think they're obviously like very interesting cases and everything, but just stories you like never even heard of or were never in the news or things like that. So I just think they're really interesting and really well done. Um, my first honorable mention is going to be on Netflix. It's called The Act. Uh, I actually read an article about this a really long time ago before they made this into a series. And I remember as I was reading the article in some magazine, I don't even remember, I was thinking like, oh, this would be a really good story. It's about um, a mom with Munchausers by proxy syndrome. She was like deliberately feeding her daughter I don't know what it was but like to keep her sick it was just awful and then like I think her daughter ended up killing her mom um and yeah it's just a really interesting story about munchers by munchausers by proxy and like what that can do to a community how people take advantage of foundations and people with good intentions um for their own selfish reasons like it's really interesting anyway the act by now and I think it's on Netflix so yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah, there's a lot of coverage about, I think, isn't her name like Fancy or Dancy or something? Something. Yeah. It's kind of silly. Yeah. Something like that. But um, she also like got her boyfriend to help her kill her mom. So oh I don't know. It's- yeah, she like went on the internet and found a lover and then he came over mm-hmm. and murdered her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's a, cool, um, it's a crazy story. Yeah, for sure. Uh. Another honorable mention, we already talked about my favorite murder, um, Serial. Really good podcast. The um, host is really great and just like the content is really interesting. And it's still, I mean, people still don't know. Like there's so many people on the fence of like who actually did it. And um, yeah, it was in the 90s. So, you know, there's not that much good evidence, I guess, against him. It's like mostly just the phone records, which is interesting. But yeah, if they're listening to our true crime podcast recommendations, <laughs> like you, what are you doing with your life? Go listen to Serial ep- uh, season yeah. one. You're missing out. That's all I can say. It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, okay, my, I have so many. Um, okay, my last one I'm going to talk about is called, it's another Netflix series 
called The Night Stalker. Mm, um, this is I loved it. About, it was really good. The LA uh, serial killer or whatever. And like the thing that really stuck with me and it, I, this always happens and I will never relate to this. Like, I don't understand it. They had like so many women in love with him mm, mm-hmm. to support his legal defense. Like that with so much evidence and like, I don't know. I really struggle with that. He's still in jail, isn't he? Like, I just don't under, I don't think I'm ever going to understand that. Uh Um, but the series Mm -hmm. was great. Like it was compelling. It was LA. It was, and it was like very eighties too, which is kind of fun to go back and like get a little bit of 80, but eighties vibe going on. That was cool. I mean, I have so many others that we can talk about, like making a murderer and the tiger King and conversations with the killer, the Ted Bundy tapes, you know, like literally we can go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we did a really good job. I mean, yeah, sorry to be kind of like a dark episode, but a little, a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's honestly something that I listen to or th- think about on a daily basis. If there's a new show or something coming mm-hmm. out, I'm obviously watching it. So I love recommendations from other yeah. people too. It's so, it's it's very cool. Yeah. Share the wealth. And also it's about that time to like get your beach read, figure out what you want to do for your summertime and a true crime book novel series is like the perfect way to add that to your whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe I'll read the Truman Capote one again, just or at first time. Who knows? I actually have a copy but, of it somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in this house. Oh, very yeah, cool. I love that. It's a good one. Nice. Right on. All right. You want to move into gratitudes and grievances? Yes. I always forget the gratitudes and grievances. I'm going to do both mine first and then we'll end on yours, okay? Okay. What's your grievance first? Okay. My grievance is I was walking in a spot in Bellevue. It was a cute little neighborhood trail and I have never in my life seen a trail marker with a person getting kicked in the head with by a horse. Like I, I've just never <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> like was a little jarring and I'm walking along and like every 500 feet, there's a massive pile stinging like thing of horse poo. So my grievance is if there's so much poo on the trail and people are getting kicked by horses in the head, like this is probably not a pedestrian trail. Like just mark it on the map that it's just a horse trail. Like why? I don't understand. So that's my grievance is horses are not my favorite animals. Not to say that horses aren't great. I grew up on a farm. I understand it. Horses are dicks. So that's my grievance for the week. Oh my gosh. Thanks. <laughs> well, right now my grievance is Moose because he's driving <laughs> me crazy. He's literally just walking in circles around me again. Like, okay, crazy old man dogs it's are so my cute. grievance right now. Um. Okay, my Real grievance is just when people call you sweetie that you don't know. Like when I was – I went to gross out today to get some Band-Aids and um, that's another story. But I went to get some Band-Aids and uh, the girl was just like, hi, hun. And then I was like, she's probably the same age as me. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And then the whole entire conversation was she threw in some other type of like – you know, baby name. And I was just like, dude. And the end, like, sweetie, I was just like, get me out of here right now. Like, I just don't understand, like, who told you that that was a good, like, it's, they're trying to be, like, accommodating or just, like, friendly, I guess. But it's so, like, demeaning in some way. I hate it. Like, I actually hate it. I, am I, no, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. If you don't know me personally, like, how do you know I'm a decent enough person that you can be like, hi, sweetie. But I think, like, I was reading an article today 
on the West Coast, maybe I'm just like bitter. I don't understand. Because on the East Coast, it's very much a thing, right? They like are very friendly and small town and sweetie, honey, very endearing kind of um, personalities, I guess. And then when, I don't know, when I hear it, and I've always felt this way, it's demeaning. You don't know me. I'm not in a mood, very likely, by my bitch face. Like, I don't want to be placated. And it's placating. Yeah. 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 So. I feel like in the South, too, if you say, like, oh, bless your heart, sweetie, or something, that's, like, actually offensive. Like, they're not trying to be nice. So then it just, like, reminds me of that, too. I don't know. Anyway. passive aggressive. It just, like, put me in. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, ooh, girl, not today, Satan, <laughs> not today. I am not in the mood for you right now. Like, Let me talk about my gratitude because this one's going to give you all the good vibes, all good stuff. Um, I literally have not been able to find like really good strawberries, you know, like spring mm. and like farm stand strawberries from California California strawberries totally like I have not been able to find that at all in Washington like three years and it's one of my favorite things that I look forward to is going home and getting like a full flat of strawberries and just like Mm -hmm. going through it in about 30 minutes um so I got some at Trader Joe's of all places um ten dollars for like a pound and a half of strawberries which I think was ridiculous but ridiculous. They did come from Salinas, California, and I've been like snacking on them all day. Shout out. <gasps> so good. They're like juicy and Yay. sweet. And they're like, you know, when you bite into it and like the juice comes down your face a mm. little? Yeah, they are on point. I am so grateful that Trader Joe's and Salinas had a good year of making delicious strawberries so that I can eat them and have that moment of bliss. Not to take away from your gratitude because that is a wonderful gratitude, but that is a grievance just that Washington and Oregon have terrible produce. Not terrible. Like we're not that bad, but like it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. And I think we're just used to California where like we would get really good produce, avocados, strawberries, like pineapples. Like yesterday we were having a barbecue and um, someone got a pineapple. It literally was brown but like was never but it never like got I don't know how to describe it it was completely white like it had never it wasn't ripe right but it was already brown like we were like how does this even happen anyway it's a it's a problem yeah it's a thing but also not to mention the fact like you said they're so expensive you know when you do get them like blueberries you can't get away without spending more than or less than like eight dollars for a little thing of blueberries and I'm like dude I haven't bought berries in like three weeks because it's too expensive yeah shout out Costco they do have um I mean obviously you get a lot of them but they're like the same price as a regular grocery store for like a Costco size amount of them but Still expensive, but worth it. On that note, this wasn't going to be my gratitude, but you reminded me it is kind of a good gratitude. So um, I planted a garden in my backyard with my (gasps) roommates and um, it's starting to pop off. Like it's been warm enough lately where it's like getting really big and it's really exciting and it's just so fun to go out there every single day, you know? But we officially harvested last night lettuce, butter lettuce from our garden, and we ate it with our burgers for our barbecue last night, which was so cool. Um, So we're, like, really getting there. But, like, we have, like, potatoes and onions and tomatoes and zucchini and squash and lettuce and strawberries and a bunch of different, um, what do you call them, (laughs) herbs, I guess? 
uh, basil and chives and anyway, um, you know, I don't like herbs. That's so exciting though to see that or like hear that it's popping off. They're just so fun. Yeah. I know. We're getting like our first little straw, or not strawberries, uh, tomatoes, and then our zucchinis are really mm. coming in hot. So I love exciting. a good fresh tomato. Sorry, go ahead. I know. Straight from the vine when mm-hmm. they're warm. So, oh, so good. So good. Um, my actual gratitude or what I was like going to talk about just because it's like very recent. Um, I just like fell down. <laughs> that sounds really dumb, but I fell yesterday <laughs> uh, while on a hike and um, my body hurts. And so I'm just like, want to be grateful for an able body um and just like not taking for granted uh like a healthy active able body because I'm just in so much pain now and I like took for granted you know just doing stupid random things and so I'm like oh getting up and down is really hard like I can't stretch I can't squat I can't like pick up moose right now and he weighs like nine pounds so I'm like oh my gosh what have I done it's very sad so Anyway, just everyone be grateful for their able body and what they have. And yeah, that's all. Awesome. Well, I think this is an excellent episode. Thank you all for coming and listening and let us know about your true crime obsessions. What stuff do you guys like? What books haven't we read? I'm sure that we'll do a part two, maybe a whole series on this like topic because we're it's a deep vein of good stuff to talk about for true crime. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. We didn't even get to like any of the like real scary ones like Dahmer or anything because that's creepy 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 (laughs) all right well thanks for hanging with us I guess thanks for being candid with us there you go that's what our tagline should be at the end thanks for being candid with us thanks for being candid with us bye all for today's episode of candidly 30 hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed chatting if you like what you heard please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review your feedback helps us make the show even better follow us on instagram at candidly 30 thanks for being candid with us